Well, let's turn in our Bibles to First John chapter 4. <clears throat> Been hovering around verse 1 for a couple of weeks. <laughs> we'll go to verse 2 and 3 tonight. And it reads, By this know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, of which ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word that so instructs us that we know what is truth, what is error. And Lord, we know the spirit of God and we know the spirit of Antichrist. And Lord, that we would have discerning hearts to know the difference when ideas come to our head, that this is according to the word, not according to the world. Lord, bless the study and reading and understanding of your word and the prayer time tonight. Thank you for each one that's come and for those that are listening in online tonight. Thank you. Bless each one in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so we've looked at the command to test the spirits verse 1 and it goes into verse 2 as well the criteria for testing the spirits what, what criteria do we use to test the spirits well <clears throat> if we look at it, it involves both a confession of a person and a denial of certain things concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, <clears throat> that, that is the denial of those that aren't saved, of course, and the confession of those that are saved. And this is the testing of the spirits and how to do that. The test for the spirit of God. Then confession must involve the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. As I said, our topic is about the Lord Jesus Christ. That's really <laughs> from cover to cover of the scriptures is, that's who it is about. Um, <clears throat> it must involve the person of Christ. Now notice there in verse 2, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ. Jesus, the name, signifies the very purpose for his coming to earth. The name Jesus. It says in Matthew 1.21, Wherefore I give to you understanding that no man speaketh by the Spirit of God, calleth Jesus accursed and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Spirit and so when a person confesses Jesus they are confessing that he is Lord and they do it by the power of the Holy Spirit now <clears throat> there's a name in the Old Testament that's very similar to Jesus who is it Joshua and how do the Jews say Jesus you, help me, you, you, yeah, with a Y there somehow, Yeshua, you hear them saying it and you say, okay, you get the word. Um, <clears throat> so when you think of that, what did Joshua do to help his people out? Remember, it was Joshua. <laughs> he saved his people from their predicament didn't he he's a he's a leader into the promised land winning the victories taking them on 
saving the nation from annihilation and, well, in the desert for 40 years, he's the one that took over after Moses. So both New Testament, Jesus, and Joshua are those that save, and that's what the scriptures say. Um, <clears throat> Christ, Jesus Christ. This is the confession we have to make. The person of Jesus Christ. If we don't make that confession, we're not of God. We're not saved. Um, <clears throat> Christ and the Old Testament Messiah, the Anointed One. Um, a title reflecting his divine character. And over in the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah, chapter 7 and verse 14, it reads, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. And what does Emmanuel mean? God with us. So you have the humanity, Jesus, the deity, Christ, Old Testament, New Testament. <laughs> In the book of Isaiah again, and um, that chapter, or that, those verses are so well known just over the page from where we were, 9 verse 6, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and a government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government there shall be no end. Has his government on earth really started? No, it's going to be the millennium when it really will be evident. Just Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be great to have a government that was godly <laughs> in our world today? And we will one day see how it works when Jesus sits on the throne. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it, to establish it. And so that's what the Lord is going to Jesus Christ. Humanity and deity, deity. The two words united imply the deity and humanity of the Lord. Involves the whole explanation of what we term Christology. Those things and, and everything branches from that as you read in the Bible. And when he was on earth, he did the deeds he did and he, he wept. That speaks of his humanity. He was sorrowful at times, speaking of his... And in his deity, miracle after miracle, how many miracles did he do? We asked that last night, was it? No. 33? No, that, wait a minute, well, I'm going to get the parables mixed up. Can you? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's a way of getting around it, isn't it? <laughs> we wouldn't be able to contain the books in the world if we had everything recorded that he did. That's not all he did, is what we have, is what in the, in the Bible. The confession must involve the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the, the Gnostics of John's day denied the truth of his incarnation. They could not accept that God in Christ could unite in a human body. It just was beyond what they, you see, Gnostics know it all, so they didn't know the truth, did they? They're supposed to be knowledgeable people. And today it's more a denial of deity than his humanity. And either denying his humanity as his de deity is devastating, for a person, because they're not saved. Jesus Christ is who, whom we confess to be saved. Without a human body, he could not have died, could he, for our sins. 
And as in the Old Testament, there's this talk of a kinsman redeemer, one of our kinsmen that died in our stead. And he, he took on the form of a man and the body of a man that he might die in our stead as our kinsman redeemer. Uh, <clears throat> Without his divine nature, his death could not avail anything and be of no value. Without a human body, he couldn't die for our sins. And Isaiah 53 speaks of that. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16 and verse 13, listen to what it says there, 16, 13, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I am? And they said, some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But he said unto them, who do you say that I am? <laughs> and then we have that confession, that wonderful confession of Peter. Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. There's the confession. <laughs> we must confess his deity. We must confess that he came in the flesh. He is the God man. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13 reads, Wherefore I give unto you understanding that no man speaketh by the Spirit of God, calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord, humanity, deity, but by the Holy Spirit. So both of these confession, confessing him as Lord, and uh, Jesus our Saviour, are made by those that believe, truly believe on him and are saved. First John, just over, back from where we are in First John chapter 2 and verse 22. It says, Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? Jesus Christ. He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. It would be interesting to go around just the town of Albury or towns around Australia and ask preachers and pastors and bishops or whatever they call themselves what do you believe about Jesus Christ I think it would be interesting to get answers because a lot of them might say yeah I believe Jesus you know he was a, a good man and he, he did good deeds and that but they'll deny his deity they'll be leading churches where they're leading the people that they're leading if they deny the deity of Christ and also vice versa <laughs> The, the, denying his humanity. I don't think there's a, anybody can deny that. <laughs> we have... Well, well, they're trying to do it. They're trying to change the dates now, and it? it's not BC, AD. What are, what are they trying to shift it to? They don't want to centre it around Christ. <laughs> they don't want to. What have they... I don't even know. It's a phrase you'll see in the newspaper, wherever they, they won't put it, the emphasis on Christ. Who, who's doing that? The spirit of... Antichrist that John is talking about here. I'm trying to deny that. <clears throat> In John 1.14 it says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And, and, and as you read through chapter 1 of John's gospel, you pick out that the word was made flesh. And who was the word that made flesh? It was the Lord Jesus Christ. None other than he. And uh, we beheld his glory, it continues, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. <clears throat> In our devotional booklet, 
There's still a couple spare for this time if you need one. We're slowly, slowly whittling them down for different people that like them. It's, it had it on the 9th of October and I'd, I was studying this then and it corresponded with the study for the day. It, it reads, Jesus Christ's unique, absolute deity, uh, Jesus Christ's unique, absolute deity is a fundamental doctrine of the Christian faith. Those who deny his deity have the spirit of Antichrist. This is what John 4 is talking about, and they refer to John 4. And are living without a saviour, regardless of whether that person belongs to a bizarre cult or a member or a pastor of a mainstream denomination. But I've just talked about that, doing a survey in town. If he denies that Jesus is God, manifest in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3.16 then he is not a child of God. It's pretty important. It's absolutely important to secure eternity. Uh, <clears throat> it, as we refer to John's Gospel, chapter 1 before, in the beginning was the Word, that is, Jesus Christ, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's verse 1. The same Word was made flesh, in verse 14 of, of John 1, and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ, they continue, the Word and the Creator was and is one with God the Father. In him was life, verse 4. Salvation cannot be found in any religion or in any person other than the Lord Jesus Christ. All the Old Testament pointed toward him. The, Old, the New Testament points back to him. He is the centre. You know, it, it, it's not in time, you know, there's 4,000 years from creation to Christ and 2,000 years till now. It's, but if you draw the chart of history, the, the central theme of everything in the scriptures is the cross and Christ Jesus. It's central. To his disciples, we read on, Jesus said, He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. That's what he said. To the doubters of the Lord's day, he said in chapter 10 and verse 30 of John, I and my Father are one. Jesus was not just claiming to agree with God the Father in purpose or ministry, as some of today's heretics propose. No, Jesus was claiming to be God. And in John's Gospel, chapter 10 and verse 31, the unbelieving Jews realized what the Lord was saying in this verse, or these verses, John 10, 31. And it reads there, Then the Jews took up stones to st again to stone him. And Jesus answered them, Many good works I have shown you from my Father, for which of these works do you stone me? And the Jews answered him, saying, for a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy. And because thou hast be, thou being a man, makest thyself God. They got it. What's wrong with people today? <laughs> when we've got the full revelation, the scriptures in our hands, why can't they get it? Have the Jews got it yet? Ah, it's not going to be long. <laughs> What's happening there is to bring them to their knees. This is only a little... As I said before, it's going to be a far greater event, events take place. Um, 
I'm sort of of the opinion that this is going to bring about a peace. Anyway, we'll talk about that in a bit in our prayer time. <laughs> and Jesus Christ. They realise it, the Jews there in Christ, they realise it. Do we? I pray that we do. First John 5, 7 declares, The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, these three are one. Some people try to say, well, that wasn't in the original. <laughs> it is the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. These three are one. The Word being the Lord Jesus. It's in the scripture there, and we need to believe what the, the Word says. <clears throat> Matthew twenty two forty two says, and this is the acid test. This is, you know, what we've been saying. And Jesus said, what think ye of Christ? The answer of you to that question or me to that question determines our destiny. What think ye of Christ? I've heard a sermon on that. <clears throat> There's a docetic heresy who said the Lord did not actually become flesh, but he merely seemed to be a human being. That's a heresy, isn't it? A denial of the incarnation of the Son of God. Now, at that time when that started, John was still alive, who wrote, you know, John and Revelation. Um, <clears throat> he was in his old age, and he saw this come in. Tongues had basically ceased by that time, when he was 95 years old, or 90 to 95. Scripture had been complete. In fact, he was the one that wrote the last book, Revelation. Canon had been closed. The sign gifts that had been around in the early church that the unbelieving Jews needed, you know, Jews require a sign, had ceased, basically. Things And why? Because the full revelation of God through the word was given. He gave the Bible. They didn't need all those things to say this is authenticating the Lord Jesus and the ministry of the apostles. Uh, <clears throat> the Jews, in fact, 25 years before John wrote what we're reading tonight in 1 John and in, in Revelation, uh, Jerusalem had been sacked. It had been ruined. 70 AD. And John was still there. Where, where was John? He was on the Isle of Patmos when he got revelation, but he was up at Ephesus, up in Turkey. When this, and so he, 25 years had elapsed in half the age of this church here, and John saw these, um, these people coming in, Doicist, I don't know how you pronounce them, not a good name to have, <laughs> but they were denying the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the first to champion this heresy was the name, and it's interesting, Corinthus, not Corinthians, Corinthus. At about 85 AD, so that's 10 years before we believe John died, who was generally believed to have come from Alexandra in Egypt. And every time I now read that someone's from Alexandra, I thought, what does he believe? What does he teach? Because down there, heresy just kept coming out of that place. Now, there's some good ones come out, or one good one in the scripture, but most of it was what 
has caused so many troubles in the church in false doctrine for 2,000 years. He taught that Jesus differed from other people only insofar as he was better and wiser than they. You know, we're here today. He was a good man. Went about doing good. And they don't read the rest. And, and he said, and that the divine Christ descended upon Jesus at the Jordan, that's when he was baptised, and left him at the cross. That's what they say. The net result of this pernicious teaching was to make the incarnation a lie. And John was around, and so he's writing what we have here tonight to defend the deity and humanity and the perfect unity. What do we call it? The hypostatic union of Christ. And he was writing to defend that. Now, it, hey, John was there. John was um, the one that looked after the Lord. Mary, you know, the, Christ on the cross said to John, Behold thy mother. Now, take care of her. And he did. And I believe he probably took her up when, before Jerusalem was sacked, if she didn't die before that, up, up to Ephesus and in, up to where Turkey is now. And so John knew what he was talking about. He, he was a cousin to the Lord Jesus Christ. He was raised with him. He lived around him. He, he, he was ministered. He leaned on his breast. John knew what he was talking about. And anybody today that denies what John has said and taught about the deity and humanity of Christ is a liar and an antichrist. This is what John is going for here, saying that they have a lying spirit, this very spirit that is coming and is working hard in the world today. Spirit of Antichrist. And so the essence of this heresy seemed to have influenced even Muhammad and lives on in some of the Islamic doctrines today. They do talk about Jesus as a historical being. It has a modern counterpart in various cults, such as the Christian science, which considers matter to be essentially evil so he didn't have a body, see? And John demands everyone, every believer, every teacher, every preacher to believe on the deity and humanity of the Lord Jesus Christ. If they don't, they're, in, they're not of the truth. <clears throat> the test for the spirit of God, we need to do that test. And there's a test for the spirit that is not of God as we read on. We won't study it, we won't go into it, we run out of time, but it says there in verse 3, and every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God, and this is a spirit of Antichrist, which ye have heard that it, it should come, and even now also all, already is in the world. Remember back in chapter 2 and verse eight, uh, 2 and verse 18, we were introduced to Antichrist, little children, it is the last time. As you have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now, there are many Antichrists. You see, the spirit of Antichrist has been from the start. But the Antichrist hasn't yet come. And he will be completely controlled by the evil spirit of, of the devil. And uh, he'll speak lies and blasphemy. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it for next week. The, the other part there, the test for the things that are not of God in verse 3. I really wanted to get there. 
I was going to go to Daniel, and uh, we'll do it next week and see some of the things from chapter 11. A liar, a cheat, and we have in our world, that's happening everywhere, isn't it? Over in the Middle East, absolute bold-faced lies. The spirit of Antichrist. And, and then when one of them comes out, the media pick it up and say, this is the truth. And very few stand up and say, no, it's not. It's not the truth. We need to stand up and speak out. <clears throat> Praise God that even non-Christians, some of them are saying that that's wrong. 